They're two different things, people. Regions and markers are two different things. Yeah, it's like, no, nah, let's just combine them. Uh, Have some milk orange juice. No, I, I don't want milk orange juice. <laughs> I just want milk. We should, we should probably get these kids out to the bed. Door. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, uh, it's Tuesday. It's, it's episode 144. Jesus. Almost. So we're getting up there. Almost three years. Yes. We're almost, we're almost seniors in college. <clears throat> well, and just almost seniors. <laughs> but um, psh, speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, you're starting to circle the drain, Wadman. Face it. Uh, it is, uh, it's on taking pictures and we're talking about creativity and photography and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, my name's Jeffrey Sidoris from Fade and Blurred and, uh, and, and with me, the, the fading fast Bill Wadman. The, the snowy Bill Wadman. The snowy Bill Wadman. Uh, it's a winter wonderland outside my windows. I'm surprised the internet still works. Uh, well, give it a minute and don't say that because <laughs> that's true. The, the gremlins are listening. Actually, our, our, our snow has not been that bad. We got like uh, six, eight inches. But uh, my mother further up the coast in Connecticut uh, has says she has a couple of feet on the ground and more to come. So, uh, yes. Yeah. What is this stuff? What is, what is uh, it? It's water that's been frozen into small <laughs> crystals that fall from the sky. I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. You've heard tell. <laughs> we have to drive to it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And pay a lot of money to slide around right. on it. Right, 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 yeah. right. Not uh, so much the living in it. Yeah. This has actually got to be pretty great for uh, for Vermont and all those people who have, they have those uh, snow, uh, the ski mountains up there, you know? Right, right. Um, hey, so uh, speaking of old people, have we figured out how many, uh, the people who listen to the show, what is, what's up with this survey? Okay, so we're doing we're doing a, a a 2015 listener survey, so we can learn more about sort of where photography fits and and what some of your your extra photographic activities are. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes. Okay, uh, it's a it's a simple form. It takes maybe two minutes. It's all multiple choice, with the exception of two at the end, where we're asking you a, a couple of your favorite things. Um, and I, I and, filled it and, out just so you know. Good. Good. Uh, yeah, the response has been terrific. Uh, we'll leave it up for for a few weeks, uh, and and like I said, I just want to get a, a kind of a, a more accurate cross section of 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 who you guys are and 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 uh, what some of your your interests are, so that so that we can you know steer the ship accordingly. So Be- if you better would serve please, you, please, yeah. <laughs> so if you would please please uh, go to the show notes, uh, five by five dot TV slash OTP slash one four four and take a couple minutes and fill it out. If you're in the Google plus group and you haven't filled it out yet, you'll find, uh, you'll find it pinned to the top of the feed. Right. So if you could please just, uh, take a couple minutes and fill that out, it would, it would really help. Yeah. And if you could mention us by name, our manager will give us a raise. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> could you please? I'll get an, I'll get an extra, <laughs> box of fig newtons on my break how, how often do you when you get a thing in an email where it says you know we see you've been going back and forth with i don't know fuji support would you mind taking this brief customer survey how often do you I do, do it i do them more often than not okay yeah uh because it's it, it, you know i understand they're trying especially if they're anonymous if they don't need like a an email address or if they already have my email address based on a purchase yeah and they're just trying to sort of fine tune or, or you know, improve the the user experience in some way. I often will will do it, 
Um, it depends on how intrusive it is. And th- to your point, this listener survey is anonymous. We're not asking for your email address. Uh, I think the most personal thing that we ask for is age and gender. And, and there are selections for prefer not to answer if, if you, for some reason, don't want to give your, your age or gender. That's fine. Right. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's non, it's non uh, obtrusive. Uh, so, yeah, I tend to do them. All you know? right. Well, let's let's and uh, like the, the the packaging feedback. Like if yeah. when I when I buy from Amazon, they say, "How would you rate your thing?" I'll do that, especially if it's uh, you know a third party seller, which I don't do very often through Amazon. I try to buy through Amazon because then returns because, are easier. Yeah, the returns are easier. Yeah, um, but you know if it if it helps somebody figure out where they're going wrong or where they're going right, let them know where they're going right. I'll do yeah. it. I don't I don't have a problem with it. Hey, uh, speaking of Fuji, as per my example, I just gave. Uh, yeah. did, you, did you did you see that the the uh, Prince Harry? I just stuck a link in your uh, Huffington uh, uh, link from Huffington into the Skype. Uh, uh, uses a, a X one hundred S, and he t- he well, took a nice little portrait of the, this guy. He's, oh yeah, he did. Yeah, so look at that, Harry Prince Harry. You know what's interesting? Did you notice? Look at it says um, HRH Prince Hen- uh, Henry of Wales via Getty Images. I wonder if. As a public service thing, he is giving up the rights to his images. You know, if it's like a public relations thing, you huh. know, or yeah, or if Harry if, if Harry actually gets a few bucks, right, <laughs> from Getty Images using it. Yeah, Getty's going to PayPal him later. Yeah. Anyway, just it's kind of cool. Look at that Fuji making the rounds. Uh, uh, so, so you you finally got a chance to see uh, the finding Vivian Mayer doc. Yes, I did. All right. Um, you wanna you wanna hit me with a response? What do you got? Okay. First of all, I like her work a lot. She sounded like a complete lunatic when, <laughs> you know, when they start talking about her, right? Yeah. When, when uh, they talk to people who, who knew her and yeah, this with is her, a so woman yeah. who needed serious mental health help. Uh, you know, she wouldn't give her name anywhere. She used to like force feed and beat the kids under her care. She put locks on her doors, even in the houses that she was staying in because, you know, she thought people were going to go in there and, you know, it's just, she was, she was a little nuts. Uh, her work is beautiful. The whole Maloof stuff, the scene where they show him stamping the back of a print and him signing this, the, the stamp. Right. I was like, it's not your picture, dude. Like, what are you signing it for? You know, just that, right. that felt really, that, that made me cringe a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And also at the beginning, he stands there and he says, you know, oh, I, I was buying these pictures because I was working on a history thing and I needed pictures of Chicago. The next right. scene, he says, my father and my grandfather before me have always gone through uh, 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 tag sales and 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 whatever, trying to find good stuff that's worth something. So it, he's contradicting himself. Like he wasn't looking for something for his history project. He didn't spend four hundred dollars to buy pictures for you know a box of images for a history project. He was finding them because he was looking for stuff to do. It just felt really uh, uh, in, ingenuous, you know, yeah. disingenuous. Um, and then the the scene where he uses. The letter that she wrote to the French printer guy as proof to that she wanted him, to, yeah. to do the printing. She of the wanted postcards, him to yeah. make some prints for her. She didn't say that she wanted them everywhere. And he's like, this proves that she wanted them out there. It's like, no, she was just asking a guy to make prints for her. That's, you're, you're, you know, you're yeah. right. It's, it's, it's a little, the whole thing was self-aggrandizing. And then she, he's just like, I thought they were really good. So the first thing I did was called MoMA to see if they'd buy them off me. 
It's right. like, what? No. That's, that's what you, yeah, that's the, that's the order. And, and then, he, <laughs> then he was angry that they said no. He's like, well, they don't know anything, obviously. It's like, oh, come on. You know? Because yeah. what has MoMA ever done? Yeah, exactly. You know, um, it's just, so that, that is frustrating. I wanted to slap him a bunch of times in the movie. Whatever. It's, it's fine. I hope it doesn't win. Um, I think, I think, I mean, uh, there, there were, there were other documentaries that I see that I have seen the British uh, one too, right? That, that, that deserved. Yeah. yeah anyway. Have you, have you seen the British one about her though? <clears throat> the BBC one? Yeah. 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 Uh, about halfway through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, um, it's so that like, that's kind of cool. You know, I, I don't know. I just, Oh, it just, it irks me. You're right. It's, it's more about him than it is about her half the time, you know? How yeah, wonderful he is! Like, for, yeah, the great curator. Yeah, Jeffrey, I'm, I'm, we're, we are selling these. Since these prints are being sold, so that her work has a chance to get out there. It's like no, you know. Again, you're working with Greenberg Galleries, and that guy charges a fortune. So where's all this money going? You know, no one ever says where the money's going. Uh, I don't know. The whole thing is shady, and that guy's shady, and I still think the whole thing's shady. But whatever. I watched it, so now I, you know, can speak with authority. <laughs> yeah. Do you, I mean, do you as, have any further? As you will do. Do you have any parting thoughts? Uh, nope. Okay. Not on that. Uh, yeah, it just ugh, made it irked me. I don't know, and I feel I almost feel bad for like they had uh, Joel Meyerowitz and uh, um, is it Mary Ellen Mark? Who do they have? Somebody else in there, you know, talking about how great her work is, and it's like, yeah, her work's really good. But it's like so I, I have nothing against the work. Yeah, it's it's, it's it, the sort of you know the, the, the accidental champion that yeah, they're, exactly. They're, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. that's the part that I have a problem with. Yeah, and and the, and the way that the, I I know I guess what I mean is that I I feel bad for Meyerowitz because it's like he's being used to sell. I don't know. It's just icky. Anyway, whatever. It's it's uh go check it out. Everyone else can disagree with us because apparently the Academy has. Uh, oh, and then one last thing, the music in it drove me crazy. There's all this like, like little circusy, like silly music all through it. Half, you know, it's just like little, you know, or whatever with like people like, Oh, I don't know what to say. Like silence. It just, it felt really quirky and terrible. Anyway, finding Vivian Mayer. Uh, what else we got? So did you see this, uh, woman who, who won the Magnum fellowship? I did. Uh, I'm thinking that her name is. Either Zeza or Zisa Cruz Bacani. Wow, you you did that good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, what that what would that be? Zaza, 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 Cruz Bacani. Uh, that's that's what I'm going with. Interestingly enough, she she's a she's a um a domestic worker, which so basically she's uh she's Vivian Mayer. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and has been a domestic worker in Hong Kong for more than a decade or nearly a decade, uh, and I think second generation is what I read. Um, uh, shoots with a, a, a Nikon D ninety, so old camera. Her work is fantastic. Yeah, I I love the one, I don't know, four, five, or six in where it's the guy pulling the open the door open and you all you see is like a little square of the outside with a guy going by Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that one's lovely i i really like the way uh she uh 
shoots and or processes her her black and white work where yeah, she, she has, just she has crushes no pr- the blacks yeah. and shadows oh, i was gonna I say it. she has no fear of crushing the blacks no no it's it's just it's it's real it, uh rinzi does the same kind of thing yeah. his work is is equally dramatic i wonder if uh-huh. um it'll be interesting to see if she um if she continues to be a domestic worker or now she's going to you know turn this i mean you know once she's done with the fellowship stuff right uh, so i guess the fellowship is what was it six weeks so yeah, I, is, I, I was trying to figure that out. I missed. I, I think was it is. It. Uh, it's uh, da, 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 provides a program. Let's see. Um, She's so it's here in New York. It's at NYU. Yeah, it's at the the Tisch School of the Arts. <clears throat> yeah. Um, all these people. All of these people, though. Look, it's like it's China, Syria, Ukraine. It's all. Um, you know, obviously it's human rights. So, but it's all these places that are, you know, the hotbeds of, of sure. Uh, of and, and only one person over 30, you've got 22 year old, 19 year old, 27 year old, 22. So a lot of young talent out there seeing a different perspective, maybe. Yeah. Seeing stuff that 19 year old kids shouldn't have to see a lot of times. True. True. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I just I love her work. I think it's really fantastic. Um, you know, it's also will, interesting. Is oh, sorry, finish for your no. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say that 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 you know, it, it sort of well it flows into the next one, which is about old Magnum photographers. It's interesting that the younger Magnum photographers they're trying to pull in these people from all over the world, where Magnum has traditionally been very sort of white, American, British, French. You know what I mean? Like very. Uh, 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 men's club kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's good to see them branching out Man, this is great work. I'm just, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just flipping through it and it's just You're flipping through hers or which one. Yeah. Hers, her yeah. work. Yeah. I will, I uh, will, uh, I will put a link to her site in the show notes. So everyone can yeah, find just it. Beautiful work. So, uh, Zaza, Ziza or Ziza, I hope we're pronouncing <laughs> your name correctly. <laughs> one of them has to be right. Yeah, you're, she's your like work it's Exiwa. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, it's but you know we're trying. Uh, but your work is is just fantastic. Um, yeah, you and know, you know it, it, again, it's it's this is a a perfect example of of vision trumps gear. Yep, yep. And you know what? You know? But although I will say that it's not like she comes out of nowhere. She's she's been a finalist for the National Geographic Hong Kong Prize for the last three years. You know, it's not like this is the first thing that anybody's ever seen her work. Uh, good for her. And she's already, she, yeah, she's represented by all kinds of people and members of all kinds of organizations. Uh, good for her. Hey, uh, so now they've got these, uh, this is a pretty cool article. I didn't, I hadn't seen this until you put it in the show notes. Oh, really? <laughs> no, the, the, the Elliot Erwitt and Bruce Gilden thing. Yep. Uh, so they took, uh, Elliot Erwitt and Bruce Gilden and gave them, uh, who are, who are classic sort of street Leica shooters Mm-hmm. gave them Google glass and stuck them out on the streets of New York to see what they would do. Right. And, and Gildan, if you, if you don't know Bruce Gildan's style, he's very much sort of in your face as a street photographer. Yeah. That's part of his thing, right? He just, and he used, is he the one, he's the one who uses like the big flash, right? He just walks around with the handheld right uh, camera in one light, hand, like, pow! speed light in the other yeah, hand, jumps in front of you like that kind of guy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's really funny. There are some good uh, uh, lines that these guys are talking about. You know, it's like eating soup with a fork, trying yeah. to take pictures with Google Glass. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, Gil- Gildan says, you don't take good pictures with a camera. You take them with your entire personality. You have to go up to people, get as close as possible. The photographer Robert Kappa once said, if your photographs aren't good enough, you're not close enough. Absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, this. Uh, I like this one right here. He says, he jumps. Don't move, man. Gildan says, then adds a little joke. I had to hold still too. 170 years ago when I had a daguerreotype taken. Nice. <laughs> he made a joke like you would make. That was yeah, funny. That's right. There it is. There uh, it is. I, I will say though that the the results of of the photograph of of using these photographs, like if you look at the uh, the, um, I mean, obviously their normal work is amazing, but when you mm-hmm. look at the 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 pictures they shot with the Google Glass, it's definitely not their medium of choice. Well, and and Gildan kind of comments on. You know, they asked him, does, does the Google Glass camera allow you to get closer to your subject? And, he, and he, he says, no, the opposite is true. It's got such a wide angle, far too much ends up in the picture. Yeah. And, and Erwitt nods. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, this, this, go, this is sort of, what was the quote you just gave where, you know, the pictures are taken with your brain and your personality or whatever it is, you know, your mm-hmm, eyes, your personality. Mm-hmm. Th- that's true, but it is also true that the right tool for the right job, you know? Um, right. And, and it's interesting that he even said, you know, like a Leica or somewhere in here, I remember reading, he said, it's, it's like a Leica or a phone would be even better. You know, that, that the glasses on the head are, are not ideal. Um, Uh, interesting on the note on the, on the battery life, Gildan throws himself back into the fray after half an hour, the rechargeable battery built into the glasses frame has run down. So a new cable now hangs from the glasses, connecting them to a backup battery. Yeah, I, the right side of the frame growing alarmingly hot. I can use this to keep my fingers warm in the winter. Gildan proposes. Well, it's probably they, he must have had like the little screen on the whole time or something. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like the little screen in there. I don't know if you need that on to take pictures. You know, I think the point of of the wide angle is that you don't need to, uh, you know, have uh, you don't need to actually frame it. But as you can see, neither of them framed them particularly well. Right. Because it's just not accurate enough, you know, definitely not the, <laughs> yeah, the question would be is if there are younger photographers, like these are old, no offense, but fuddy duddy kind of guys who are very stuck in their ways, asked to use something that is completely outside of their normal purview, which is interesting and cute and fun. But I wonder if somebody who was born doing this, you know, some, mm-hmm. some 19 year old kid with Google glass has been some high end photographer. Cause he's got it figured out like the way it frames and whatnot. I want, you know, it's a good question. Maybe. We'll have to do some research. It, it just, it still feels really clunky, gimmicky and clunky to me. Yeah, it it is gimmicky and clunky. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, look, I, I always say that, you know, you should use what makes you comfortable to use it and which disappears, you know? So mm-hmm. for somebody, it might be glasses for somebody. It might be a phone for somebody. It might be a digital SLR, you know? Or somebody might be an eight by ten. Who knows? You know, uh, pretty cool though. Uh, you know, you going to uh, you going to get a pair? No, no. I think they just took them off the market. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna fade out. It was an experiment and it didn't work. You know, yeah. it's like like three D televisions. I I, I think that, I think that it's less of experiment and more of a. You know, we we did what we meant to do, which was just mess around. Not an experiment is this in the sense of a failed experiment, more just like we threw it out there to see what would happen. Yeah, and it's sort of like a big public beta. Yeah, exactly. Know? That's kind yeah. of the way it's, it, it, yeah. it sits with me. Uh, so does it suck now that you've lost your job at Sports Illustrated? Um, well, you, the writing was kind of on the wall, right? Mm. 
I'm surprised they still had six guys left. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Sports Illustrated has has uh, see it's it's funny lays off all staff photographers. They didn't lay them off because lay them off implies that you're going to rehire them at some point. They they let them go. They fired them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, re- it removed the positions. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and again, not surprising. Um, you know, it, it's it's becoming more and more, uh, 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 you know, a freelance world. You know what's interesting about this? They say in the article, I think it's in this one or another Creatively, article. anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that, yeah, yeah, it's a freelance world. And, and they say that they're not going to put any less images and they're still going to be good, whatever it is, but that they're just going to hire people locally to do that kind of stuff, which is great if you're a sports photographer in Tampa or whatever it is, so that now you know that Sports Illustrated is more likely to call you rather than send some stringer down to shoot the, I don't know, who plays? Tampa Bay, who? I don't whatever. you're asking me. You know, know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the I guess Tampa Bay. Buccaneers? I don't know. God, we sound Football like people? completely foolish. Sure. Let's go with those. Yeah. Are they really pirates? Uh, I don't the know. The Tampa Bay? Go look it up while I'm, while I'm saying what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> we're, so, we're so stupid. We're so not men. What did, wait, what did you call them? The Buccaneers? Buccaneers? Oh, yeah, that's what it is. is Tampa it? Bay Buccaneers. There you go. Sounded right. Often shortened as the Bucks. Okay. So if, you know, if you're down in Tampa taking pictures of the Bucks, uh, you know, you're more likely to get hired. I guess my, my question, which is more our sort of purview on this, is, no, is they're not doing so well. They're other. Oh, they're, they're, well, they probably they're not in the Super Bowl, so then they didn't do well at all. How, how well? Did I, they I guess do? the I guess the Bucks stopped there. Oh, <laughs> oh that's bad. Um, is 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 the idea that you know wherein a lot of these shooters for these magazines would travel the world and shoot all kinds of stuff, and therefore right. have a very uh, eclectic career because of that, because of all the things they got to see and shoot. If now no one's and maybe sending an eclectic perspective too. Yes, absolutely. Now no one's sending you around the world. It's like, if they need pictures from Hong Kong, they call the guy in Hong Kong. You know, right. if they need pictures, if some magazine in California needs pictures in New York and they call me versus sending some guy from California and they're never right. going to fly me to California. Cause there's plenty of guys in California who could do the job. You know, will we end up with these sort of regional, very insular viewpoints, you know? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, And I know it's a question. And and I know that it's a little, I mean, this has been happening for years, right? You know, sure. But, but the the days of, of, you know, Robert Kappa uh, flying all over the world doing, you know, a project sort of at his pace and, and presenting his point of view and being influenced by others, those are gone to your point. Yeah. Yeah. Those are totally largely. Yeah. Or, or or if they still exist, it's people going out on a limb, spending their own money. Right. Believing that someone will buy their pictures in the end. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like all those war photographers in that show. What was that show? Witness. Right. 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 Man, that show was rough. That was, Um, that was a tough one to watch. Yeah. We should, in fact, maybe we should put the, we'll put a link to the show notes. Uh, it was an HBO show, was it? Witness? I think so. Uh, yeah, Witness. Here we go. I'll put a link to the HBO webpage for it. Uh, but that, you know, th- that was really, really good stuff. And, you know, you get to these, you, I don't know, I, I, I wonder if 
if we're we're being very short sighted on this, right? I mean, it's this is capitalism. They're trying to save money, right? This is this is the way of the world. Um, but I wonder, right, but, but I wonder if it's of, not going to give us as good of fo- images, you know? Yeah, part part of part of, I mean, I would say a big part of of what defines a photographer's viewpoint is his or her experiences. Yeah. And now if we're, if we're saying, okay, well, you know, if you're, if you're in the Sudan, we're, you know, if we need pictures from the Sudan, we're going to hire Sudanese photographers because they're already on the ground or, right. but that's a completely different viewpoint than somebody from China or here going to the Sudan and taking the pictures. Sure. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, this has been happening for years just because they laid off the last six guys, obviously, it's been in this direction from the get-go and maybe mm-hmm. there are Ronin photographers, right? Who are freelancers who travel around and it's just the guarantee of the money isn't there. Right. You know, but right. that they're still the guys who go around like the, the samurai of the photo world. Right. Um, there should be, there should be a Ronin agency. <laughs> there well there probably are i think all those press things are i mean there's ronin advertising yeah i mean look that that woman that 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 got in an argument with me on twitter the other day she travels to war zones and takes pictures and all that kind of stuff sure and i don't think she necessarily always does it on a on a project on a on a hiring basis you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy i'm gonna go where the where the conflict is yeah, shoot yeah. It and she wants to make the story up. yeah exactly right, right. Yeah. uh you're probably pretty sad about Joe Franklin dying, huh? You know, it, it, uh, again, w- one of the one of the main reasons I put this in here was was it, it, the numbers, and we were talking about this a little bit before the show. Uh, Three hundred thousand guests over his career. Uh, it, you know, it, the guy was just everywhere, but at the same time as as you kind of pointed out never really made it to that top tier yeah yeah do you really you know, think 300,000 that means if he did three people a thing he did 100,000 episodes that's a that's a no, lot that's of guests a lot over over 40 years yeah i guess i guess you're right yeah let's let's say he did 40 years long a day. time yeah not I 300 guess. a day no, no, no. 300 days a year, say he was doing yeah, shows. I'm yeah. just giving him like the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and, and interestingly, uh, his, his uh, uh, in-house music yeah. for a time, Bette Midler and Barry Manilow. I guess if you want to, I know I love Bette Midler and Barry Manilow. I wonder if you're trying to ramp up your numbers if you start having guests like the Harlem Globetrotters and, you know, the, the Partridge family, you know, you like get these like large groups of people in and you're like, there you go. 27 right there. Boom. That's what I do. What, what can me read you a little bit from this? Yep. Uh, this is interesting. What came to be considered campy began as pioneering programming. The first regular program that channel seven had ever broadcast at noon. WJZ TV as the station was known then had not been signing on until late afternoon before the premiere of Joe Franklin, disc jockey, on January 8th, 1951, on Elvis's birthday. Wow, look at that. 1951. Uh, soon, celebrities like Elvis Presley, Bing Crosby, and John F. Kennedy were making their way to the dingy basement studio on West 67th Street, a room with hot lights that was, quote, twice the size of a cab, Mr. Franklin recalled in 2002. He booked Woody Allen, Dustin Hoffman, Barbara Streisand, Bill Cosby, Liza Minnelli as guests when they were just starting out and hired two other young performers. Here it is. 
Bette Midler and Barry Manilow as his in-house singer and accompanist. I remember seeing Joe Franklin on TV because in my area, uh, Channel 9, WOR, was, was, you know, one of the things we had before cable came around. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have cable TV when you were a little kid? Nope. Okay. No, uh, we, we couldn't. We No. That was, that, that was an extravagance that we, that we did not have yeah. the funds for. It didn't even come to the area until... 85, I think in my, in my yeah. town, we had friends 86. that had, I had friends that had like select TV or on TV was the other one. Oh, okay. Is that before pre showtime and HBO pre pre HBO? Wow. Look yeah. At that. Uh, I just, yeah, I like the guy. I, I feel like we, we are uh, remiss if we don't mention not just the superstars, but also the people who, worked in the arts and made a living and did well and are, are highly regarded and remembered who didn't make a hundred million dollars by selling out to, you know, getting a contract on Sirius or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, it's like, cause the guy worked hard, obviously loved his job, met lots and lots of people, had experiences that were beyond what most people would ever have, you know? Yeah. It's, I, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a great read. Uh, the the end the end quote here. Uh, I was the only guy who never had a pre production meeting. He said in two thousand two. You don't rehearse your dinner conversation. I'm not saying I was right, but I lasted forty three years. That's I like terrific. that. Yeah, that's well, great. Do you think that that's like a a, a different age? You know what I mean of a, of a different age. Well, I, I think I mean the idea of, of it, there, dinner there, conversation is of a different age, right? Th- there was no format. Right. Now there's a format. You know, I was I was listening to uh, a terrific interview with uh with Chrissy Hind that that <laughs> on the Mark Marin show. Who, yeah. and, and, a terrific young singer named Chrissy Hind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Let's bring her out. Uh, she's terrific. And if you're not listening to Mark Marin's show, I know I'm late to the party, but Marin has has become one of my radio slash podcasting yeah. heroes. He's, I like the I, one I, with uh, P.T. Anderson the other day. Love him. Who anyway, I, th- so. I think P.T. Anderson might be our generation's Kubrick. Uh, okay. Larger conversation, different, but go ahead. Different conversation. Yeah. So he's, he's <laughs> talking to Chrissy Hine and, and, you know, they were, he was, he was talking about, you know, going to see these bands and, and was that mainstream, you know, and, and, or, or whether or not it was mainstream. And Chrissy said, you know, that word didn't exist then. There was no mainstream. Right. Right. You know, there, there, there wasn't a blueprint for, for the way things are done now where everything by and large is done by a blueprint. Yeah. You know, the, the, the counterculture has even become mainstream. Right. We, we want, because people want repeatability, they don't want the unknowns, you know, you want to control as much as possible. And, and part of the problem is, is that I think the market and what people are trying to accomplish is become, uh, uh, where where the market doesn't like things that are unknown or unstructured, you know, you, you, no. you, 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 you lose if you don't have a plan you know? sure. <laughs> it's sure. in some weird way. But, but, it, but it, the, the irony is that, you know, it's, it's, you know, what's uh, even, even the best laid plans, you know, you could have the biggest star in the world in a film and, it's going to tank yeah. or you could have, you know, you know, the next Taylor Swift album could tank right. instead of selling, you know, yeah. well, 48 million copies or whatever. That's what happened to, uh, um, what's her name? Lady Gaga came out with that record and it sold like a hundred thousand copies. Cause 
It was a bad oh, really? record. Yeah, uh. like a last year or whatever it was. Um, I, I guess the the question. Um, yeah, I mean, the the what those people do is they just throw so much stuff at the wall that some stuff works, some stuff sure. doesn't. You know, move on. But for, for for every you know for for everyone who wants to believe to to believe that there has to be a formula, the other side of that formula is entropy, and yeah. there will always be entropy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's the question. I mean, even okay, look at uh, Twitter followings or podcasts or whatever it is. You know, you and I have been doing this for almost three years. I had another show for two years before that, so I've been doing podcasts for five years. Um, which is <laughs> and yet, and yet, and yet strangely, you don't want to be known as a, podcast. well, I'm just saying like, I, well, I just, it's like, it's not my goal to be, you know, a, a, you know, I like doing the show, but it's not, it's not what I'm trying to do. Uh, but, but it's, but it's interesting that, you know, you do this for five years in many ways, you could say that you and I were there at the beginning, you know, before NPR took over with cereal and sure, whatever sure. else is the before next podcast before it was capital P podcast. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and when it was the wild West and whatever it is, there will always be a wild West of some sort, you know? Sure. Uh, but the minute businesses take over. The, oh, Jesus. Bill. You know, don't launch into your businesses. Bad. Okay. No Bus- corporations take over and it come homogenizes. Things. You, you have got such a chip on your shoulder about business being bad, about anything that has to do with business no, is bad. Uh, I don't think anything that has to do with business is bad. I but just that's think the way it comes. I off. just think that the, 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 unless the business is writing you a check for taking a picture, it's bad. <laughs> no, I just don't think that, that, that efficiency and greed and maximizing profits are the end all be all of, of civilization. Which well they've become they shouldn't be but but, but in they many are. ways they are right yeah, and that's yeah. that's my problem so yeah. people make I, dumb hey, decisions it, like you know it would be great to live in Star Trek land where you know it's all for the greater good and it's all for uh, you know sort of personal enlightenment and growth I would love to see that I really would yeah unfortunately it's going in the other direction even within our <laughs> lifetimes sure even sure. within the time that we've been doing this show you know what I mean like it's you just, mean just like, today. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's, just it's, in the last hour, it's, it's taken a spin. It's getting worse. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's just uh, it's an interesting thing. Wait, how did we mm-hmm. get on that in the first place? Uh, talking about uh, Franklin never having quite made it to oh, sort right. of Johnny yeah. Carson status. Or, I like the or, idea that he's he doesn't rehearse his his show. That's cool. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's great. You know, the the idea of and and now it's gone. It's gone so far the other end where it's. It, it, it's not that it's not even that the host writes his or her own material. It's there are teams of writers writing oh, yeah. for the host. You know, you know? The, the other day I was listening to a Nerdist podcast and they had they were interviewing Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. And it was because they put out the Gates Foundation big letter every year. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. They, you know. Yep. 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 So it was part of the press junket for that. So there's a guy in the room you can hear in the background, like a PR handler guy who's handling the interview. So, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the guy who does Nerdist? Uh, what the hell's the guy's name? You know what I'm talking uh, about? Chris uh, Hardwick. Uh, Chris Hardwick. So Hardwick I, yeah. says, you know, ask some questions about the, the organization, blah, blah, blah. So he goes, you know, back when you were younger and the guy's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we really want to keep the, uh, the point of this, uh, conversation on the letter and on the foundation. Like you're not allowed to ask questions about his youth. Right. And, right. and, 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 and Hardwick's like, yeah, I understand. I'm getting back to it. I'm using this to come around. Like, this is how it works, you know? Um, 
And it felt so, it was listening to it. It feels so awkward that right. it, it, it's, it's, it's so tight and, and, and wrapped in just, you know, uh, PR approved language. Like yeah, everything yeah. was so that you will stay on the message. Yeah. It just, it lost all <laughs> humanity. You know, even Bill right, Gates, like right. he's very well spoken. He says lots of stuff, but it's just buzzword, buzzword, buzzword all the time. You know, sustainability within these places of poverty and synergy, m- malaria and innovation. <laughs> and, you know, and you're like, yeah, 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 I get it. How about you say something I haven't heard you say 700 times? Uh, That's fun. Anyway, uh, what do you think of this NASA photo? I think it's pretty big. <laughs> it's pretty big. I, I looked, I watched, so, I watched the video uh, at, uh, at 4K. Yeah. At uh, UHD. And I have a 50 megabit connection and YouTube cannot stream me 4K. Sure. sure. Uh, so, so NASA has, has released this image. It's 1.5 billion with a B, yep. 1.5 billion pixels. So it's 69,536 by 22,230. Yeah. That's a, that's a big, that's a big picture. That's uh that's uh, I think a little too big to be a PSD. Actually, it might yeah. be able to be a PSB. Doesn't you PS- imagine processing that like building layers on top of yeah. the <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Jeffrey, you grab all of them, all of the base pictures in Lightroom and you say, Merge to panorama (laughs) and you, and you walk away for six months. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Lightroom just goes, no. (laughs) Yeah. It tries to open like six of them in Photoshop. It's like, Oh, screw this. Uh, It's fascinating. The final image is uh, composed of 411 Hubble images. uh, And according to the article takes you through a hundred million stars and travels over 40,000 light years. Uh, It's, it's pretty amazing where they zoom into it. This is, this is so nerdy the the little kid in me that that you know that first looked through a telescope out in joshua tree yeah. my, we're, my we're sophomore in year in high school it's it's amazing yeah we're in the future it's amazing did you i mean you ever looked at any of those gigapixel images you know the weird ones from a city and they can zoom in on people's yes lunches yes i remember uh somebody made one of of uh obama's inauguration and yes. you could zoom in and see you know full screen view yeah. of like individual ma right yeah 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 uh, do you Amazing. think that it's interesting though, that that has become not a, not a, not a niche, but like a, uh, uh, sort of a special effect every once in a while kind of thing, you know, uh, it's like, it's very handy for very specific moments like that, but it hasn't taken the world by storm. The world doesn't want right. to zoom into photos all day long, you know? Uh, well, there, I think twofold, um, one, there's an additional effort then to, to, get you know to sort of get what they're trying to do with it right it, yeah. you're, to your point it's not just looking through it you can't flip through it yeah uh yeah. there 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 is some sort of interaction on your part and um so yeah i mean it's 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 used for special occasion i think it's fascinating i think the tech behind it is fascinating um look all of this stuff i mean to to to, to borrow from louis ck it's all amazing. Yeah. This is it's all a miracle. The fact that that you've got this phone in your hand and and you know a laptop and you know that that you are where you are and I'm where I am or and we're having this know, conversation. Yesterday, yes, yesterday yeah. I had a, a a terrific conversation with a, a photographer on the island of Jersey. Yeah, you know, it, and does we're talking as if she no, does not know Carl. Okay, he's on Guernsey. Oh, I'm sorry. 
And apparently there's a little bit of a rivalry between oh, really? Jersey and Guernsey. Well, yeah. sh- the Jersey folks think their island is more beautiful, but the Guernsey folks think their island is more beautiful. Jeffrey, shut the hell up before you start a war. That's right. Yeah. The great great Jersey-Guernsey conflict of Ot 15. (laughs) Right now, as you speak, Uh, there's guys pulling guns out of sheds, you know. Yeah, that's right. Uh, You know, based on what I know, they they both look like far more beautiful places than I see when I look out my window. So you guys both win. Yeah, there Um, you go. Well, so, well, anyway. well diffused NASA photo. Yeah, but but uh, you know the, all of this stuff is is incredible, and yeah. and the fact that that you know a lot of this technology that was that was prioritized for the military a decade ago is yeah. now in our hands or in yeah. our pockets. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's it's fascinating. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. It always scares me when I think about what's going, what goes on behind military stuff and stuff that's you know in secret i remember reading a book about the hubble space telescope and they were having a problem because the hubble space telescope goes around the earth like every 90 minutes or so and every time it goes from sun to shade as it's going around the earth the the uh the the solar panels were shaking right because of the because of the temperature differential Mm, and mm -hmm, they'd mm -hmm, end up mm -hmm. giving this wobble that the hubble people had to use uh uh, gyros to sort of stop like damp down over like five or six minutes or whatever it is and it became a real problem because every time they went around every 90 minutes they had to spend 10 minutes stopping the wobble like it was wasting all this time and energy and the Hubble is actually basically built on the same platform as the Keyhole spy satellites, right? That look down at the Earth. And this the guy who worked in the same building as the spy satellite things used to walk by a friend of his, and they'd sit in like the coffee thing, and he, the the spy guy couldn't tell the Hubble guy anything, you know. And so years <laughs> different department, exactly. Like you know, he's illegal for him to say anything about his stuff. And so the guy was was complaining about this wobble, and the guy's like, "Oh yeah, that's terrible, man. You know, whatever it is." And then years later, they figured out that what they needed to do was use smaller, stiff panels, not like the normal like film kind. Mm-hmm, and they sent mm-hmm. him up, and they put him on wobble thing fixed. And the guy, the guy bumped into him. He's just like, "Hey, I heard you fixed your wobble problem." He's like, "Yeah, you used." He goes, "Yeah, we figured that out like eighteen years ago." Nice. <laughs> and the guy was like, nice. "Why didn't you tell?" You're just me? now getting the memo. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. just now getting it. Eighteen yeah. years later, they had already fixed the. You know, it's just genius. I love that kind of stuff. I think that picture yeah. is very, very cool. You know, the original Hubble uh, visual cam- visible camera was only sixteen hundred by sixteen hundred pixels. Tiny, tiny. The original one. It's crazy. I don't know. We'll put a link to the show in the show notes of this thing. The video is pretty cool where they just keep zooming in. Right. It's a little right. disturbing. Uh, it's, it's a big place out there. Makes you feel small in the world, Jeffrey, doesn't it? I already do. You feel small in the desert. I feel small everywhere. Do you feel smaller in the <laughs> desert or smaller in the city? I don't delineate between the two. I just feel small everywhere. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's good stuff. All right, where do you want to go from here? Uh, you, you you've had some oh. gear issues, so <sighs> so for all you folks that are that are into gear or or uh, would like us to talk more about gear, we're we're gonna, we're going to do that every once in a while. And and Bill has had some challenges. Um, 
I think you got a lemon because you you've had some ish with this camera for a while, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's not like it falls down on the job, but it just no. So, but little things have been happening since you bought it. Basically. Yeah, yeah. I, so I I use a Canon five D Mark three, and I've I had the five D Mark two. I had a five D before that. I had a one D S three. Like so, I've used the five D and the five D two for years. And when the new one came out, I generally buy the new one because the old one is worth as much as it's ever going to be right then. So mm-hmm, I sell the mm-hmm. old one, buy the new one, and, you know, have the latest and greatest for half the price of what it should spend cost, you know. Um, but – and when I bought it, it was, what, $3,500? It's not a cheap body, you know. Something like that. Have they gone down much? Yeah, you can get them for like 27 now, I think, 26 uh, just from, you know, retailers, that kind of thing. But when I bought it, it was wait list, that kind of thing. Um, right. So, I, yeah, I bought this go. camera. Uh, currently on B&H, listeners, yeah. just – uh, Three thousand ninety nine. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, I've mail-in seen it. rebate. Sorry, mail-in rebate of three hundred. So twenty seven ninety nine. See, there you go. Yeah, which is pretty good deal. I mean, it's a it's a great camera, and other people have had no problems at all with it. So I just have like weird little problems where you know my the the grippy stuff is coming up in the corners. You know what I mean? Like where you can mm-hmm, kind of like mm-hmm. lift it off. What what would what would previously have been like leatherette on a film camera? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah is is yeah, like yeah. kind of like you know the rubbery stuff is like lifting off like in the corner. It's like the glue came loose or whatever. Um, I had a problem a long time ago that I talked about where the little eight-way joystick in the back i sure, had it the i had a thumbstick yeah exactly i had it on my shoulder and i was walking down the boardwalk at at coney island and i picked it up to take a picture and the little nub the plastic thing that was on top of there had popped off so it was like the actual stick was underneath lost the thing sent it in to get fixed and they had to replace the whole back because that little piece isn't a piece it's the whole back with the screen and everything is one piece and when they put it back together and sent it to me, they hadn't fully plugged in the ribbon cable to the screen, so the screen would get corrupt when I tried to right, look at I stuff. That. So I had to send it back in again to get back, you know, that kind of stuff. And a lot of times I'll pick it up and the battery will be dead. Like it was fine mm. yesterday, and all of a sudden the battery's so dead that it won't turn on. You know, just weird stuff like that. Um, and it, it's got me. Is the battery <clears throat> issue something new? I haven't heard about that. Uh, it's, I think it's actually probably been since I've had it or maybe halfway through. Uh, hmm. I, I thought for a while that it was because I had a magic lantern thing on there and somehow that was screwing things up or chewing through the battery, but I've since taken that off and gone back to the stock and it still does it sometimes. Uh, wow. but it makes me worry. You know, it's like you stick the stuff in your bag, you get on a train or a plane, you go somewhere, you're setting up to do a shoot. And you pick up your camera and the battery's dead because why? Unknown reason, you know, right, that kind of right. stuff. Um, it, it's like I don't want to have to worry whether or not my tools are going to work. Sure. You know, uh, and even my uh, pocket wizards, which are like the classic never break, throw them down a hallway. They still work again, which is why they cost $200 a piece for these pieces of plastic and a couple little ICs, you know, Uh they have been funky lately where every once in a while they don't pop. And I don't know if it's the connection to the camera. Maybe it's the camera again. Anyway, the the long and short of this is that I used to have a very small tight kit that I used to use and everything just sort of worked. I could pick it up and walk out the door and I knew I would be fine. You know, mm-hmm, I used mm-hmm. to travel out West for my two week trips without even a battery charger. Cause I knew I was only going to take a thousand pictures and my battery could do 1500. Right. So, you know, right. Where now I'm like, I'm thinking about everything all the time, you know, and it's, it's, it's worrying. To the point where it's impeding your, your workflow? Well, you know, you're, you're on a shoot and the, 
the flash isn't going off because the pocket wizard's weird or, you know, the batteries that I had in a speed light, which are these Enel loops that I charged up like, well, somehow they're not charging or recycling as fast as they were before or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Or right. like the other day I have, um, you know, I have the 518, the 514 and the 512 just by chance. Like I bought the 18 originally then I got the 14 and then I ended up getting the 12. But I use the right. the 14 a lot because it's smaller and lighter than the 12. And I was I was on this shoot a week ago and and it felt like it wasn't focusing. Like I was I, I was chimping a little bit and zooming in just to make sure everything was good and the focus was like a little off and I was like how is like my my fifty one four is on acting which weird? Lens? Which which lens uh, were you using? A fifty one four. Fifty one four. Okay. So you know, like the basic of the most basic of the most basic lenses was acting weird on me. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm and I was stopping down to f five six f seven. It's not like I was at one four. You know. Right. Um, right. And so it's like I, it, I've begun to. There's this nagging little thing, like this, like little evil devil on my shoulder, always saying, "Are you sure it's in focus?" is the flash going to go off this time? You know what I right, mean? Like right, right. all, like all the time. And if it doesn't, then I'm thinking about it. Like, why isn't that doing that? And then I'm not connecting with my subject or whatever it is, you know? Um, wow. Do you, I mean, do you ever, have you ever had like weird stuff happen like that? You know what it is? It's like when you're in the old days when computers crashed all the time and you had a certain computer that crashed more than it should for whatever reason. And you're mm-hmm. sitting there writing on it. And every single time you're writing, you're always hitting save because you never know when it's going to hang up next or, or blue screen or whatever. It's that kind of feeling, you know, huh? like you're always just like a little on edge. Um, wow. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have not had any, you know, knock wood. Uh, I've not had any, any problems with, uh, my X pro other than at one point there was some, some dust that somehow got behind, uh, you know, the little, like the little range finder, yeah, the little viewfinder window. Yeah. Yeah. Got behind that. Uh, I sent it into, to Fuji. They cleaned it up, cleaned it up sent it back to me. But in, in terms of functionality, I've never had any functionality problems. I've never had, you know, buttons stick yeah. or. Did you, you ever know, have with been, your Nikon? Never. Yeah. See like, no, the Nikon, my, my Nikon was a tank. And that's the thing is that up until recently, all of my stuff is like a tank. Now I will say that you know, I haven't sent in all my gear to get cleaned in CLA or whatever for a long time, which mm-hmm. maybe that's what I should do is just send in my five most commonly used lenses in my body, have it all cleaned up and checked out. You know what I mean? Like let Canon deal with it. Do you still have the, what do they call it? The, the CPS? Pro, pro, yeah. The, the pro professional services. services yeah, like I, that. yeah. I am do you still a, have that? I'm a, I, I've bought enough stuff that I'm eligible for every level of CPS. Um, okay. Usually I just stick with the free one because I don't need to borrow. Like a lot of the people who use CPS are for like r- borrowing gear for shoots and that kind of stuff. You know, like sports guys who need a big lens or whatever. Oh, okay. That's one of the benefits. That's one of the benefits. Can, and if okay. something breaks, they'll send you a loaner, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But it costs a few hundred dollars a year for the high end one. I think it's a hundred dollars a year for the, for the middle one. Um, I usually just do the low end free one so that I can call the CPS support number. If I have problems, you know, it's like a little, it's sort of like tier two, you jump straight to tier two. Um, so what I was thinking of doing though, is that the, the, the gold level for a hundred bucks, you can actually send in a bunch of stuff and get it CLA'd once a year. So maybe I just, you know, send in all my whole kit and hopefully, I mean, could, 
could you could you do like an email or even a a a, a letter to include to tech support and say, hey, look, here here are the things that have been going on. You know, can yeah. you give this a really thorough once over? Yeah, beyond just sort of the CLA. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yes, I can do that, and and usually they're pretty good. I mean, when I've had stuff fixed or rebuilt or whatever it is, uh, you know, they're 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 good at what they do. It's just one of those things where getting my trust back is going to take a while. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like even if everything is working perfectly for a couple months. It's still going to be, it's going to take a while to, it's like, you cheated on me. I'm not going to trust you right away. You know, sure, sure. Um, it's interesting and it, and it kind of, it's, it's, it's making me change the way I think about what I do for a long time. I've been, I've been going on a lot of shoots with just a couple of speed lights and a couple of stands and a couple umbrellas and right. it's fine, but it's getting to the point where I don't trust the speed lights to it's like if you have to use them in anything more than a quarter power it takes so long for them to recycle after a few shoots shots that it's it's distracting so it's like you know what i'm going to start bringing bigger lights you know Mm -hmm. uh little things like that but it's just it's just an interesting uh mental game you know uh you don't have to worry about your paintbrushes breaking or you know your your pen failing to write it's just, do you have a backup body at the moment where you could send the thing in and be and be without it for a month? No, but I, I don't own one, but I could get one if I had, you know, uh-huh, I could, uh-huh, I could send uh-huh. it all in. And if I get a job, I'll go spend a hundred dollars on a rental. You know, it's like not a big deal. Sure. Uh, sure. It's, it's the advantage of living in New York, I guess. Uh, or right. I have lots of friends with cameras and stuff, but I think, I think, yeah, I think I might just send in the whole set to, to get fixed. It's funny because when I wrote, I wrote a little blog post about it. I'll stick it in the show notes and okay. uh, somebody it wasn't who the hell was it? Uh, maybe it was Patrick or somebody else was saying that it wasn't, maybe it was Patrick. Anyway, somebody was saying that the, uh, you know, I have a Mark three and I've never had a single problem with it. It's been great. It's like, well, I think I just got one of the early batch, you know, maybe, it happens. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's annoying because Canon will never just say, Oh, we'll just take it out. and We'll give you a brand new one. You know, well, none of them do. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, how long did it take for Nikon to uh, to to acknowledge? And I don't even think they ever really properly acknowledged the whole sensor issue with the D600. They just came out with a D610. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? It's, it's a little frustrating, though, because it feels like you're sort of rolling the dice. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, am I going to get well, a good it, one or a bad one? You know, the customer is quality control. There's there, there's very little quality control in, in manufacturing relative to use. Yeah. Right. There, yeah. there might be sort of, you know, in a vacuum, you know, we we bend this cord a million times in the lab to make sure it doesn't break. Well, that's fine. Yeah. But my cord broke you after as the customer, a month. Yeah. Yeah. You as the customer oftentimes will end up as quality control. Yeah. So anyway, putting that out there, if anybody else has any uh, Thoughts on the matter? Let me know. But uh, it's it's I've been it's something I've been thinking about lately, and I don't I don't like having to think about it. You know, that's and yeah, that's the yeah. thing that bothers me. It's like it shouldn't this shouldn't be a problem. Um, sure, uh, but it is, and and I'm trying to get back to where I don't think about it as much. And it's you know the thing is, it's not like I use cheap gear in any way. You know, like I use nor all, are you nor are you hard on your gear. No, that's I'm, the other thing. I is, don't beat is, on it. I don't. You know, I'm you're not in studio yep. or you're on location, but the locations are, you know, office buildings yeah. or, yeah. or conference rooms right. or something. Right. You know? uh, yeah, I'm not out on. Uh, I remember reading an article about some Sports Illustrated swimsuit guy who did stuff on beaches. You know, he's like one of the annual guys. And that sure. he would say that he, he used he went through one Gitzo tripod a month because they well, just up, because of the salt water and they the got sand in them. 
and the sand would just rip it apart. And he had two full Hasselblad H digital kits and kit A and kit B. And if he was using kit A, kit B was getting cleaned and vice versa. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. It was just, it was interesting because it was like, you know, the guy was spending $40,000 a year on tripods, you know, like cash money. Yeah, exactly. This this was back in the 90s or 2000s, you know, it's interesting. Uh, How are you doing on time? You want to bump this? It's up to you. We have, we we're uh, about 50 minutes. Okay. Why don't, why don't, the real quick, okay. real quick. Yeah. Uh, just came across this, this uh, video, a, a small talk with Stephen King talking about uh, creative hypnosis. And I thought it was an interesting parallel that, that I'm sure at least some of you go through where you kind of, you're in the zone when you're shooting yeah. and, and, you know, four hours have gone by and, you know, I've got to, get home or whatever, because you're, you're just in it. Um, he was also kind of saying that doing it the same time every single day was mm -hmm, conducive mm -hmm. to that. You know, he's like, and uh, several people have said that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I go in, I brew my pot of tea. I go into my office and I write for three and a half hours or whatever he said. Right. 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 I, I love that idea. Um, yeah. And and especially for writers, right. Cause you get stuck in your Well, yeah. Mind. Writers or, or, or painters or yeah. certain types of photographer. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're a still you know, life, fine art guy or something. Yeah, sure. You can do that. I mean, obviously you can't do that because you, right. you go where the work I mean, is and when the work is. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there were some interesting things in there. He was talking about technology and how, how yes, the technology is changing and, 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 you know, for many people, books have become Kindles or iPads or, or whatever. But, and he said something at the end of it, the important part is the story and the talent. Yeah. And I think that we can, we can sort of pull that into, into the creative arts of, of, you know, photography and painting and, yep. and, and not just writing where, where, you know, we, we've seen, we talked about it today. Uh, how old is the Nikon D90? Yes. Uh, and, and this, this woman is using it to secure a Magnum fellowship. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there are not using top tier gear. In fact, I, I can guarantee you of that. Um, 2008, by the way. Okay. For the D90. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it, it comes down to, to how you see and how you use the tools at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, give this, give this a watch. I think you'll find it interesting. It's only three or four minutes long. Yeah. It's interesting. The, the argument that, that, that technology is less important. I think it is less important for writing, especially because all it is, is a community that all that is, well, I guess it's true of photography too, but it's just the medium where you're transmitting what I see to what you see or what I say to what you say, you know, know, what you read. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like language. It's just, it's just a communications medium, which he says in there, which I really like, you know, the idea that, Oh, it's not a book because it's an ebook or it's an audio book. And he's just like, no, it's all just a book. Right. It's like, just because it's paper doesn't mean it's a book, you know? And I, I I like that Stephen King was saying that, uh, I like the Stephen King. He's uh he's good. Now there's a guy though, who, you know, was writing for years while his wife supported him, right? And before, sure. yeah. before, before anything hit. So, yeah. I mean, Stephen King is a very good example of, you know, just because you haven't made it doesn't mean you're not good enough. It's just that you, maybe your time hasn't come yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. It's, uh, yeah, I like Stephen King. I got to finish. I, I've read like half of his book, the, what's it called? On Writing? On Writing, yeah. Uh, I got to, I got to. Yeah, read I've read through that a couple of times. It's, it's, it's a terrific book. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
So, uh, last week's uh, assignment. Yeah. I'm not even going to talk about last week's assignment because right. there was so much other terrific work. I mean, th- there was some great work put up for the assignment, yes. But I don't know what happened. I don't know what you guys are eating or drinking last week, but y- you put up some really terrific work in the group. Uh, we're talking about the, the, Dr- the Google drugs. Plus group. The d- drugs. Everybody was just hopped up on something. Yeah. Uh, no, it's just some really fantastic work and, and across a pretty wide spectrum of, of genres. There's some, some, some sort of conceptual stuff. There's some great portraiture. There's some terrific street stuff. Um, just really, really, really good work. Is the, Millie um, really put up a picture of a guy on a, on a, uh, um, unicycle in the snow? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. The guy uh, unicycling through the trees. Unicycling through the snow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As one does. As one does (laughs) up there in, in, you know, the north. She made fun of me Um, because our snowstorm wasn't big enough. Yeah. Snow. Yeah. She's like, oh, that's, that's not a knife. This is a knife. She gave me one of those. one of those, Yeah, 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 yeah. She gave me one of those. Oh, you southerners. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Some terrific stuff. Uh got to call out a couple people. David Gardner, beautiful shot of the dancer in midair. Did you see that over the ice? Yep, I'm, I have it. I'm looking at it right now. Terrific shot, David. So well done. Uh, stepping out into the unknown. Uh, I hope she didn't out fall of your through. comfort zone. Well, I, hope, I think we would have heard <laughs> about that. This is the before. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. So, yeah, two birds, one stone. Here's also my before and after assignment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's no bueno. Um Really, really interesting work up there. So keep them coming. Yeah. Um, there was another one. Oh, uh, uh, Matheson took us up on on the, uh, the one of the things we were talking about uh, a couple weeks it, ago. Two weeks ago. Yep. Uh, uh, Christopher Matheson, friend of the show, has taken uh, a series of photographs. Didn't look at them. Didn't chimp. Didn't look at them afterwards. Took the memory cards, stuck it in an envelope, and will not look at them for a year's time. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Well done, Christopher. He's going to look at yeah. me and say, like, this is crap. What is, what is this stuff? I, that you know what? I seriously <laughs> doubt that. No, he's, he's really good. <laughs> he's like hatefully good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, some really, uh, Tyler, really cool um, stuff with, with speed. Um, gosh, I mean, just such, such good work. So you guys are, are nailing it this week and, and most every week, to be honest. Um, so keep them coming. Uh, this week, what are we doing? Through a window. Through a window. Yeah, through a window. Everyone's got so a window, right? So what does that right? mean? Are you, are you inside looking out? Are you outside looking in? Are you catching some reflection? Uh, speaking of reflection, uh, Martin Rotz, uh, terrific reflection photos. Did you see these? Yeah, hold on a second. Um, scroll down a little bit. Yep. They're, they're, uh, uh, there's a really great silhouette and reflection of clouds. And then we're seeing a staircase through. So you're seeing sort of this multiplicity of planes that we're looking through. It's, it's really terrific work. Yep. Got it. Um, ah, Preston, you and your Southeast Portland. Love it. Love it. All right. So uh, through a window is uh is is on tap for this week uh and and also just a reminder you'll see a little link to the to the survey if you could help us out with that that would be terrific already in the show notes all right cool um all right where are we going from here 
Uh, photographer of the week. What do you got? Photographer of the week. Okay. This is a guy I, I really, really like Jim's work. We're talking about Jim Mortram. Uh, and I first, uh, heard of Jim from a project that he does called small town inertia. And he's, he's, you'll have to, you'll have to kind of go to the page and, and, and check it out for yourself to really kind of get the, uh, the, the, the breadth or the scope of, of this project. But basically Jim is, is going back and visiting people over and over again, areas of, of, of towns near where he lives over and over again and, and documenting these people and, and their places. And there is just some superb work in, in, in his body of work. Um, and he's just put up some color work recently that it, while it's got a different feel to it because it's color, I, I find it no less compelling. Uh, it's, it's just, I can't say enough about the guy. I really am, am fascinated by this type of work. This is some and deep maybe stuff. It's, yeah, maybe it's the stories behind it. Uh, taken at face value, there's one level of, of appreciation of the work. When, when you go a little deeper and see what he's trying to do and, and, and read some of the backstories or, or learn a little bit about the subject, there's another level deeper to go. And, and that's, that's fascinating to me. It's interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. This work is uh, really lovely. Oh, depressing it's there there it's it's there's some tough stuff in there yeah you know what i mean i'm uh, not i'm not saying it's not good it's just like oh yeah the subject matter is rough. is some serious stuff um but uh please please take a look at it i think you'll you'll find it really good um uh interesting stuff uh let's see uh, in small town inertia throughout the course of 2014, I visited David. This is one of the entries. I visited David frequently documenting his daily routines, listening to his memories, fears, dreams, frustrations, as he navigated a year filled with challenges as a result of his being blinded in a freak accident and the loss of his beloved mother, Eugene. Eugene's passing has left a wound for David, every part as brutal as the loss of his sight. Days, weeks alone, isolation, and enforced solitude permeate every waking day and night. Fear of the outside world has taken center stage. Fear of bullying, verbal abuse from unseen strangers as he makes his way through the crowded streets and roads into market town for food. Uh, and it's just, it, it's an interesting study in, in photographs, yes. It's an interesting study in sort of social Darwinism that we sometimes talk about here on the show. Um, it's an interesting study into how people live their lives, whether they're faced with adversity or not. Um, it just, it's a very humanizing project that I, I can't say enough about. So yeah, sorry to people go on. Are, I wonder where he found these, uh, people. Does he know, does he say, how does he find people? How, how, like, how does he actually, uh, I, I don't know actually we'll have to find out whether, he just searches them out. I, I believe he just searches them out in the town or, or friends of friends of friends or word of mouth or, yeah. Uh, but this, these series are just, uh, it's good stuff. Heart, yeah, really heart good wrenching. Stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. but, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, I've said enough about it. Sorry to go on for so long about it. No, it's all right. Uh, so yeah, go check it out. Jim Mortram. Wow. That's some heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. Uh, hey, uh, 
you guys should leave us a voicemail three four seven six eight seven ninety four eleven. Uh, Mr. Gardner, us, yeah, that was a good voicemail. Go ahead. Can you? Can you? We can't play those though, huh? We we need I to can put it you in here. What? Want me to put it in here? Yeah. All right. Yeah, sure. If you want, if you does David yeah. mind? I don't think you mind. Do you mind, David? Not if you mind. Yeah. No, he's good. He doesn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. I'll put it in. Call me right now if you mind, David. <laughs> nope, he's good. Uh, I'll just put a little bit of it in. Hi, guys. Dave Gardner here. Um, I just felt the need to give you guys a call and just let you know um, what a great job I think you guys are doing and um, how inspirational you are to me um, in my photography expeditions. You give me the courage to try different things and have a go, and um, it's nice to hear that uh, you guys go through the same kind of things that I do, all the nervousness and the angst and um, the worry about uh, what it is that we do, and so I really, really appreciate it. I'm, you know, just adding to the noise, but uh, it's great fun, and thanks again to you guys for giving me the inspiration to, to try something like this and step out of my comfort zone. All right, so um, talk to you soon, and uh, anytime you guys getting together, I'm there. All right, bye. Uh, yeah. and, uh, you need to get a hold of us. It's podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Uh, I am at Bill Wadman on Twitter. You are at Jeffrey Storis on Twitter. That's right. And, um, anything else? Go take the survey, go tell some friends about the show and we will see you next week. Next week for, uh, one forty-five. Okay. So wait, what is, what is three years? Uh, be one fifty one fifty. 156. Okay. So we got a little ways to go yet, but we're uh, getting there. We got like a two, three months, two, three months. So by, by the spring. Yep. We'll spring by into our third year. Oh God. <gasps> so bad. <laughs> Sometimes your laugh starts sounding like Tom Hilson, uh, in Amadeus. Oh, Tom Hall. I love Tom Hulse. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a, it's either, it's either I've, I've heard Cackle. it's either Tommy Hulse from, uh, from Amadeus or, or Burt Reynolds from Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, okay. That's which, another which, one. Which would you prefer? Ooh, which, who would I, I think I'd have to go with the bandit because then Jerry Lee would be my friend. Uh, 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 uh and, uh, not Jerry Lee. Uh, Jesus. What's, uh, oh, what's his name? Keep going. Uh, oh, Jerry Lee is what I want to name my basset hound. Uh, you want to name your basset hound Jerry Lee? Yeah. You mean Come Jerry, Jerry me Reed? Jerry Reed. That's it. Yeah. Jerry Reed would be my friend. Cletus. And I like Jerry Reed. Cletus. <laughs> you got your ears on, son. <laughs> I oh, love that. Burt Reynolds. Now I got to go watch it. <sighs> Anything else? No. Okay. We'll hey, see okay. One more thing. One what? more thing. Burt Reynolds gets us as Charles Nelson Riley. I watched Life of Riley again the other day. Uh, if you have not seen this, and, and for the, those of you who don't know who Charles Nelson Riley was, Google him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fascinating life story. And he did this one man show for years uh, called Life of Riley. And one of his friends was Burt Reynolds. And every time he, he tells the story that every time somebody would print uh, a false obituary about him, Burt Reynolds would have it enlarged and framed and sent it to him. It wow. Was just kind of, that is pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's all. <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.
eyes this way Say what you wanna say Though I know your words will lay me out So I can hear you think out loud Going through your thoughts the way Try to make it